Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of Modern Well, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis. And I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being. And I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? Hello, Stephanie. Hello. I'm How sorry are you? I'm not there with you. I know. I know. Oh. We were on a little bit of a roll being sitting next to each other. Well, one time, two times. <laughs> it's really always my fault. Like there's, no, there's no. something always happening. One day my life is just going to be, you know, boop, 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 but maybe not. Right. Really? Like, really? No bigs. Yeah. No bigs. I think our guest today will be able to speak to the fact that I don't know that it ever is just like boop ba doop doo Elizabeth Reese. We are so happy to have you here. Yay. Um, yay. A little bio on Elizabeth and her incredible background. And, and what I love about her journey is I mean, I just, it's just reinvention all over the place, right? It's just, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. And we're just thrilled that you're here to share it with us. Elizabeth is a television and radio personality in the Twin Cities. She co-hosts Twin Cities Live weekdays, afternoons from 3 to 4.30 Central Time on KSTP and delivers celebrity news and pop culture updates during her dirt alerts on My Talk 107 at 8.20 and 12.20. She also co-hosts a podcast called Best to the Nest, focused on making our homes happy, healthy sanctuaries where we are at our best. Um, she grew up in Apple Valley, but now lives in Minneapolis with her husband, Jay, her daughter, Bernadette, and sons, Franklin and Heathcliff. Wow. I'm, I'm, that's, that's a lot. That, that's, those are some really powerful names. They also share their home with a German short hair pointer named Gracie Lou and a flock of, this is the best part of her whole entire bio, right? And it's all very good, but I would say that this is the best, um, a flock of chickens in the backyard. Should we just have a mic drop right there? She'll tell us about the chickens. I'm so, sure she will. My neighbor also has chickens and they do like colorful eggs. Mm -hmm. And it oh, yeah. is the joy of my 10 year olds. She's like, you know, the, the just on Easter. she's like, oh, can you hear the chickens? I hope they're not bothering you. I'm like, I'm from Chicago. Those chickens are like sweet music serenading me to sleep. So I can't wait to hear about these. All right, we're going to hear about the chickens. Elizabeth also loves to cook and grow as much of her own produce as possible. And she's also wanting to add a beehive. Of course she is because she's got nothing else to do. Right. Elizabeth Reese. Welcome. Thank welcome. you for joining us. Thank you, friends. Oh my gosh. What a nice introduction, Julie. It's so nice to see you again, Stephanie. It's so wonderful to meet you and be connected with you. And 
you know, I'm just really happy to be here. I think I love being a guest on a podcast more than anything else. It's just very fun. And podcasts to me are just the greatest way to connect with people. Talk about reinvention. Starting that was like a really fun project for me and kind of, I I woke up and was like, wow, I really love this, which was really great. When did you start the podcast, Elizabeth? Oh gosh, it's been about three years. So I think we've put out over 250 episodes and Marjorie Punnett was my former radio co-host on my talk 1071. So we used to do a show from nine to noon together. And prior to that, she was on um, the morning show with her husband for a decade. So Marjorie and I became very good friends and the mantra of the podcast was born from some kind of life advice that Marjorie gave me in one of the commercial breaks when we were on the radio together, just as I was about to get married, which was that she and her husband had this agreement that they were going to make an effort to bring their best home, to not be like everybody on the outside got the best versions of themselves. And then when they got home, everybody at home got the junk, right? And um, so it's sort of like a little bit more of a holistic view of self-care expanded into, to apply to more of your home and your, and your family. And I kind of joked, oh, it's like your best to the nest because I have chickens. So I'm always thinking about, you know, nesting boxes. (laughs) And, um, and so that idea stuck with us for like three or four years before we, then I called her and I said, I think we should do a podcast based on this conversation. And then it began. So it's really been the most rewarding thing that I've taken on. It's Isn't it funny too, that the job that I make the least money at tends to be the one that you love the most? <laughs> oh, oh, we can relate to that. <laughs> we can relate to that very well. I mean, right, Steph? All the time. So Elizabeth, so before we get, we dive into reinvention, I, I just, I have to sort of shout out that you have been a huge part of my actual reinvention story, um, which is, it just, you know, I just get all the feels. I, I, I think about meeting Elizabeth. I, I heard her speak somewhere and went and chatted with her after and, and we, you know, exchanged information and my book was just coming out and I was telling her, Oh, I have this book about self-care. And she's like, well, we got to get you on the show. So that happened. And I just, I was, I remember just feeling so grateful and so excited, you know, to be on set with you. And, and then, you know, from there, the opening of modern well, and you were right there for that as well. And then, you know, being a guest with you and Marjorie on your podcast, it's just, it's been I'm just so grateful to you um, for, uh, you know, for being with me on my reinvention journey and um, and and watching you and, and being inspired by you. I mean, I remember when you when you started the podcast, I'm thinking to myself, how how is she doing a podcast? She's she's so busy. Right. <laughs> she's I think so you know what's funny, Julie? I bet you people said the exact same thing about you when you started the podcast. Like, is oh, she boy. kidding me right now? Doesn't she have four kids, big old business? Now she's doing a podcast. She wrote a book. She does these writing workshops. And, and back at you too, Steph. So I guess, what do they say when you want something done? Give it to somebody who's busy, right? <laughs> I think that's kind of, I think that's how it works sometimes. Um, but, but Elizabeth, you've had obviously just listening and and learning about you, you know, through your, 
through your sort of scripted bio, um, we can tell that that you've continually reinvented. But talk to us about what reinvention means to you and how it plays out in your life. You know, I I think, um, well, I love that I'm thinking about this because I think now in particular, you guys are catching me on a week where reinvention is certainly top of mind for me because my co-host, Steve Patterson, um, who's been on Twin Cities Live with me for seven years, who is just one of my all-time favorite people ever, has decided that he's going to leave Twin Cities Live this fall and move on to just leave some space for some different projects. And um, he'll still be in the building at Hubbard Broadcasting, which is great. So he's going to still be working on his radio show, which is funny because that was the time slot that I used to have with Marjorie. Um, mm. that he has. And so he's going to still continue to do that. And then, and then just open up a little bit more flexibility and, um, and pursue some other projects. But so reinvention is definitely top of mind now because I'm thinking about how I will continue on the show, you know, without Steve, how we want to maybe reinvent it. How do we want to take a step back and look at where did we go from here? And I think when it comes to reinvention, that idea of stepping back and getting like a bird's eye view is really something that comes to mind first, that it's very difficult to even open your eyes to the possibility of doing something different or being a little bit different. If you've got your head down and you're just kind of one little foot in front of the other and continuing to just sort of check things off the list. I think that stepping back and that looking at not only what have you been doing, who are you now and where do you want to go from here is really the key to reinvention. And that's totally something that we're going to be doing on the show is looking at like, you know, is this the format that we want to continue? Is that, do we, how do we want to even do this going forward? And who are we now compared to who we were seven years ago when Steve joined the team and we started to, you know, build something that included him as a center part of the broadcast. So reinvention to me means stepping back bird's eye view. It means some discomfort and some grief as you acknowledge that what you've loved about things before might not continue. And then it also, to me, means uh, opportunity, which is that you, um, you know, you just never know what you're capable of and you never know what the next step is going to be. And to me, that feels exciting slash scary, but more exciting because you know, this is the nature of life. Like without change, what do we have? We, you know, we are changing beings all the time, but you look at the natural world, right? We're going into fall. It can start to see the leaves starting to just, you know, fall down from the trees, like changes who we are, changes what we, what we are and what we do. And, um, and so reinvention to me means kind of accepting that. That was a long answer to a question that you guys asked in a very nice way. And so I would like to introduce you to me, which is long-winded answers to really delightfully pointed questions. <laughs> I loved every word of it. Every word of it. <laughs> oh. And you're, you're speaking to two people who you couldn't ask us, is the sky blue? Right. <laughs> and we will take Three hours later of kindred spirits here. I knew I'd found my people. <laughs> so here's my question. I am guessing that 
you're asked to do or have been asked to do a lot of really cool things that you were probably like, yeah, that sounds awesome. When you're making these changes and these pivots, what are you using, Elizabeth, as a guide or a North Star? I'm just just asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and that friend might be you. Oh, I love that. I like it. Um, that's a really great question. That's a wonderful question. You should do this for a living. It's <laughs> really, really nice. Sometimes I think when I ask people questions when I'm interviewing them and they say that's a good question, I think they're just doing me like lip service and trying to be nice. And I'm thinking, no, that was very good. You know, as far as the North Star, I think um, I think the North Star for me is always the still small voice within me. I mean, that's something that, you know, Marjorie and I talk about on the podcast. That's something that I look to a lot. And I think depending on whatever your maybe faith structure is or connection to whatever higher power or something just bigger than yourself, um, I believe that you know, I, I was raised in a faith-based household and I believe that the voice of God comes within us and that that's how you are able to connect with yourself and connect to the bigger picture and connect with your bigger purpose. So that's always been, I think the North star for me is just listening to, for that still small voice and kind of sitting with things a little bit as I make decisions and being cognizant about what really feels like the next right thing, you know, right. to quote the movie frozen, which is always <laughs> on on repeat at my house. It's like we just sing it. I'll do that later. Anywho. So that part, that voice is really, really helpful. And then the other thing is that I always look at who I am as very separate from what I do. And this has been something that has been probably the most important guiding principle in my life and in my career. I could honestly like cry just thinking about it because it has been so impactful to me. And I got this advice from early on in my career. My first TV job was in Duluth, Minnesota. I made $9 an hour. I made less money at this TV station reporting than I made selling shampoo at the Aveda store at the mall part-time in college. That was like the truth of it. And I remember getting my first like nasty gram from a, from a viewer. And in those days, like only a couple computers in the newsroom even had internet kids today. I mean, that was like so <laughs> different, you know? And, um, and I think it, I got an email and it was like very at the beginning, you know, you just didn't even like really have that. And somebody said something nasty to me. And the main anchor at that station at the time, his name was Pat Kelly. And he's just a joy. And he's a father of several daughters and a really great guy. And he said to me, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I got like, here we go. Like I got this. And he said to me, you know, file that away, <laughs> file that away for safety purposes. And he said, but he said, you can't take the bad feedback personally. And even more importantly, you can't take the good personally that you can't define yourself by what anyone else thinks of you. And then I kind of transitioned that into, you know, what you do is not who you are. And that's been so important to me because I think particularly in an age where everybody's giving you a lot of messages about yourself all the time, frankly, whether you're a public person or you're not, if you're a public person, I think it's kind of magnified and amplified. But if, if you're not a public person, we are constantly getting so much feedback about ourselves and about kind of putting ourselves in boxes of, you know, what we do, like, oh, I am this, I am that. And I really try to separate myself from, I am Elizabeth Reese. 
I am my own person. That is who I am. And then separate from that are roles that I've taken on in my life. Even so far as like mother, wife, daughter, those are all things that are part of what I do, but that's not who I am. And I think that has really helped me to make decisions based on who I am, not what other people expect of me and to figure out, you know, to just kind of stay more connected to that still small voice that guides me. That's awesome. I love that. I do too. So Elizabeth, I would really describe you without, you know, like blowing some kind of smoke, but really like as, as a woman who, I love it. It'll break. Okay. I'm blowing the smoke. Okay. I'm doing that. Um, (laughs) here it is. You are a woman who does it all. I mean, you really are. I mean, from, from chickens to cooking, to momming three beautiful children to wifing. We actually coined that phrase on this podcast. Wifing is, is a thing to working full time to, side hustling to all the things. Right. And so you do have a lot of roles and you do wear a lot of hats. And, and I love that you talk about your faith. Cause I think that really does help, you know, it does for sure for me, um, help sort of ground, ground us. Um, but in terms of the North star, in terms of the balancing act and keeping all the plates up, from and keeping them from completely shattering or at least all of them shattering at the same time how (laughs) how and you and I have had a lot of conversations about self-care right Mm -hmm. we we go there so yeah so talk to us about that and and sort of your how you do take care of yourself and how you prioritize all these really important roles in your life well that yeah I mean I think the short answer is I definitely don't do it all. I think, you know, there are, there's a lot of outsourcing that's happening for me on a regular basis that, I mean, number one, I very much acknowledge that it's a privileged position to be able to outsource things. So that is important to me to acknowledge from the beginning. That being said, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that I have to, that I have other people do, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. around my house so that I am freed up to do some of the things that I'm maybe best at or most efficient at or enjoy the most. So that's one thing I think, you know, I look at self-care as, as kind of like what fuels you. So things that make me feel like I've expressed myself and I've accomplished something and that are sort of like a moving meditation for me are definitely like gardening, cooking, those types of things. So for me, I've been able to kind of combine things that really fuel me that I love with also things that sort of benefit my household. Right. So like for me, cooking is really an expression of creativity and an expression of love. So I'm able to think about it that way and then make adjustments in my life to allow for the time for that to happen. So for example, like I would rather cook dinner five nights a week and not clean my house. Right. So I have wonderful (laughs) housekeepers who come in and clean the house and they're super efficient to that. And then I support their business, which is important to me to do. And, um, and then I can allot the time to cooking, which I think kind of like evens out. So I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm spending money on one thing, but I'm not spending money on something else. 
Another example of like, is even just down to where we live. It's funny, but like family dinner is really important to me. Cooking dinner is really important to me. So when we were looking at moving, we live in Minneapolis. I live seven minutes from work and that's by design. That's very intentional because if I have to drive 30 minutes, that's my dinner time. That's the cooking time that's done. Like we're, we're out. It's not possible for me to, to make that work. And so Um, so that was an intentional design of like, what's important to me, what are the things that are important to me on a daily basis? And then stepping back and going, how can I kind of align my, my life to be that way when I'm not cooking, I'm not, I'm not my happiest self. It's really interesting. Like even my husband has acknowledged, he'll be like, when, when we were in the middle of a kitchen renovation, I was like, I was using the microwave on the porch. And then every time I would start another appliance, a fuse would blow. It was like, it was so chaotic (laughs) and it was really funny, but we were, Jay and I were talking about like how stressful it was and making all these decisions and kind of, and he said, well, this is the hardest thing for you because you don't even have like your home base of your happiest place. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so setting up my life that way definitely helps. I consistently look for pain points. I talk about this with my co-host Steve Patterson a lot about what's the pain point in your day. We just kind of went through this with my husband with picking up kids where oh, yeah. as we um, acknowledged that we needed some extra help this summer. And so we hired um, a nanny to come in and help us and then have decided to keep her on through the fall to help us for like a couple of hours in the afternoon every day it was becoming clear that like the driving and the pickup of kids was just unsustainable because I was getting off the set at four 30. Let me tell you about how things were going. You guys, I was getting off the set at four 30. I was getting to my car. I was putting breast pumps on my boobs in the car. I was then starting the pump while then putting a getting dialing into a conference call for my job. Then I would drive to go get one child. I would remove the pumps in the parking lot, like arrange milk, finish up the call, go in and get her, get, then go to the boys school, then go and get, to get her out of the car, get the boys, get them in the car, come home and then start making dinner. And it was like, Oh, I wonder why I cry. Like, I wonder why I'm crying every night, like, and not enjoying the rest of my evening. So I think acknowledging kind of the things on the two ends of the spectrum, what brings you the most fulfillment and joy that you want to fit into every day? And then what's the point in your day that's the hardest? And then kind of like going to each end of that spectrum and then figuring out how can I get more of the good and how can I outsource or rearrange or renegotiate the thing that's causing the most difficulty in my day? I think that is so powerful. And I'm imagining any and every mom that is listening to this is nodding Yes, because many of us, I know I did have pumped in the car shamelessly, like (laughs) Mm -hmm. they're coming out and this has to happen. (laughs) Or you've been Vin Diesel on 394, 162, (laughs) trying to get to pick up your kid before kids club closes at six. Yes. And so I'm rolling in legit Vin Diesel, two wheels, <laughs> spin, spinning in, trying to get there so that I can pick up my kid. I'm always like, I wish there was a lane on every highway. N- no HOV. There needs to be a mom lane. 
the lane for people who are running late to pick up their child. Yeah, it, it, it should there. be the ham lane, the hauling <laughs> ass mom. That's yeah, what it's yeah. got to be. Yeah. Let's switch it from HOA to ham. Because <laughs> you get there. And I think to your point, I remember coming in, racing in, sweating to pick her up because I had left work late as yeah. per usual. I took that one last meeting that I knew I shouldn't have. Yeah. And I remember the face of my six-year-old at the time saying, mommy, I'm always the last friend to be picked up. I mean, you could have stabbed me in my heart in that moment. Like I have never felt that kind of pain. And I got home and took my bra off first because that's always first. <laughs> and I just remember saying to my husband, I'm like, I can't, I, I am doing something wrong because this is this isn't, I'm not my best self right now. Like it is, mm -hmm. there's like 10 bras in the mud room. I mean, I, this is, and so I think a lot of people resonate with that point. So I want to stick with that for just a second, Elizabeth, because you're answering one of my questions. And that is walk me through a day in the life. Like, what does a day look like for you? Oh gosh, which day? Okay. Let's go through. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, every day is kind of, is, is kind of different. I, with, with some set points in between, I mean, I'm up early with the kiddos and we're doing breakfast and packing backpacks and, you know, chatting and playing and doing all of that, letting the dog out, you know, all those sorts of things. And then my husband is the bus driver. So then he generally takes either one round or two rounds of kids. Cause we've got two drop-offs and pickups right now. So then as I, he will take them um, and then I head upstairs to do a radio hit from here. And then usually it's catching up on emails. There could be a podcast, there could be a shoot, there could be all sorts of different things that are sort of fit in. And then I have another radio hit at 1220. So I'm here for that. And then generally I'll go through the show, you know, put some other things together and then zip into the station so that then I can get ready there and then do the show there. And then, um, at 4.30, I walk out the door and then get on a call. So it's pretty solid. I mean, it's pretty consistently full days. I'm working on, one thing I'm really working on is trying to set up so that I've got a little bit more consistency in terms of what I do on what days. So for example, um, we just launched a brand new 9 a.m. show on KSTP. So it's called Minnesota Live. And so they said, hey, could you do some sort of like urban farming. I have a blog called home to homestead that I hadn't updated in like three years. And then the team said, Hey, could you do like these kind of home to homestead segments on Minnesota live where you talk about things that you're gardening and cooking. So, you know, I am able to like collaborate with like things I love to do and then sort of express those through the job that I have, which is an amazing gift and like incredible. So I have those that I, I now have a crew that comes over to my house on Wednesday mornings to shoot those, <laughs> like cooking something and cleaning up, you know, and doing all that. But um, I'm trying to a lot then like Mondays, I leave open for this Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do these types of things Wednesday as I'm on that show. And that's helping me find a little bit more consistency and then helping to me, me to be a little bit more conscious about building in some breathing room. For example, like I just know that hitting the ground running on a Monday morning by like having to do radio and then haul out the door for a shoot right away is not going to set me up for great success for the rest of the week. So I'm really trying to push those to 
Tuesdays and Thursdays so that I've got that breathing room built in on Mondays to kind of get ahead. So those are some of the logistical things, but it's, you know, it's pretty full steam ahead with the acknowledgement that I'm in a season, you know, I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old and an 11 month old. So we are in a real thick of it season. And I just kind of do daily reminders of that. And I know, you know, especially when I talk to like friends like Julie about, um, you know, or we were just talking about, you know, our friend Megan Tampty from Evereve, or I was chatting with Amelia Santanello, who's an anchor at WCCO, who's just became an empty nester within the last like mm-hmm. few weeks. And, you know, kind of getting that again, that back it up. Let's take a little bit of perspective that just because what is right now is not forever. And I think that can simultaneously help you appreciate what you have, but also take a little bit of the pressure off of feeling trapped. Like the, the mayhem that I'm in right now is going to be always because it's not, it's not, it's not those, those little babies actually drive a car. At some point. No, please don't ever let them do that. Not mine, Julie. Mine no, no. Do that. <laughs> yeah. I have a 16 year old and a 19 year old and a 10 year old. Oh gosh. And there was a time when, you know, like going to the airport and everyone have to take their shoes off or mm-hmm. they're all girls going to the bathroom. And I would make them come in with me because, you know, I was always like, they're going to get kidnapped. Yeah. And I would have them when they would come out of the bathroom, they had to stand so I could see their feet if I was in the bathroom and they'd have to sing. Like, I'm like, I need to sing a song and they would be standing singing and you could tell the moms versus the people who were like, what? Because moms were like, boo doop boop. They would not even. <laughs> it was like, of course, that's what she's doing. But now I'm like the 19-year-old calls with an occasional question because she's off to college. And the 16-year-old is like, I got this. And the 10-year-old is like my road dog. It's great. But I'm glad that to the advice you've been given, I'm glad that I loved every moment or I appreciated mm-hmm. every moment as it happened. Because mm-hmm. it does go. I love that. I wonder if you're anyone was like, hey, this little bathroom trio should get a record deal. <laughs> well, I was like, well, the oldest they do have good voices. Like she does actually sing. She's the voice of our podcast. And- I love it. Mm-hmm. So Elizabeth, to wrap us up, although I do feel like we could, you know, hours oh, and hours, right? I know. I know. It's so fast. We'll just have to have you back. So Tell us and our listeners, what advice do you have? We have people, you know, you have seemed to, I'm sure there are challenges that you've, you've um, hit at, at various turning points in your life, but tell our listeners who might be in a place where the pain points, right? Like they're just in, there are a lot of pain points in their lives, right? They're just, they can't quite seem to figure out how to get the help they need, how to, how to pivot, how to, you know, get their relationship set with their partner so that they can feel like supported or they have space to move and grow. Maybe, you know, and maybe that sort of the succinct way is to, you know, they're stuck, right? They're stuck mm-hmm. and they want to reinvent, they, they need it, but they don't, they don't know how, what, what would you say to, to that listener? Um, I think two, you know, two pieces, number one, therapy is your friend. I mean, therapy is such a friend and I know it can feel really overwhelming. Um, but we, my husband and I have been in marriage therapy and we've been married for gosh, 
our anniversary is coming up. I think it's eight years. <laughs> and Congratulations. and then we have, um, you know, and we have three kids and we have two, you know, highly involved careers and demanding careers. So working on your relationship and then working on yourself, I, you know, frankly, I would love to see in this country that that is not a luxury, that that is not something that you do if you can do it, that that is 100% absolutely comes with the territory. Like, just like you have your preventive health benefit, you know, visits covered, your health plan should include six to 12 therapy sessions a year. I mean, I think that is men sister should be part of the setup that we have, because I think if we were consistently taking care of ourselves in that way, and it was not a luxury, it was just an expectation and an understanding. I think we could avoid so many of the more expensive time consuming crises that then break down individuals and families. So I honestly think if you have the ability to have a relationship with a counselor, it doesn't mean that you're in counseling forever. Mm-hmm. It means that you can have, you know, a few month stint where you're having some conversations about things as you are trying to get unstuck. But that has been, you know, I think single-handedly the most important thing for me. I had a pretty significant panic attack mm-hmm. last summer that landed me um, in the ER when I was pregnant. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was very difficult. And it took me several months to even get to the point where I could talk about it. And then got, um, started getting some professional help with how did I get there and what were the things that had maybe been building up that I didn't really realize were building up. And, and so then I've been, you know, working through that and other things. And it's been, it's been like a night and day difference. I mean, I, I said to my girlfriend who, whose therapist was who I called and my friend had said to me, Every, you know, when we'd be out to dinner, she'd be like, just just so you know, girls, I've got somebody great. So if anybody needs anybody and needs her, let me know. I'll give you my, her phone number. And I texted, I remember texting my friend, Aaron and saying, I think that I need your person's number because I want to either cry or rage more often than I'm comfortable with. And she was like, great. Been there. Here's the number, you know, and then you can kind of have those honest conversations and that support. And then, so that's number one. I think the second thing is in terms of like not seeking out professional help, but really like working on yourself and kind of figuring out how am I stuck is to really take a step back from what you're doing and looking more at what your gifts are. I think a lot of us kind of get stuck in this lane that like, oh, well, I'm a nurse. And so I am a nurse and that's what I do. I nurse things. Well, if you can step back and go, what are the qualities and the gifts that I have that make me a great nurse, which is I'm empathetic. I'm detail oriented. I have a gift of being able to comfort people. When you kind of list out what are those gifts and and then start to think about other ways that they can manifest themselves, then like the world is so open to possibilities. You know, I was a news anchor and a reporter for seven years before I moved over to doing lifestyle TV. And I knew that like what, like that being a, being a journalist was not filling me up. It, I felt like I was looking around at people going like, oh, you guys know what you're doing. And I'm kind of like faking it here and trying to figure it out. But when I stepped back and realized that connecting with people 
and sharing stories is the gift. That's like the gift. And that's the thing that I love so much. How many different ways could I use those gifts to find a fulfilling career? There's lots of ways. And then I kind of landed into Twin Cities Live was great, but I can, I could think I could honestly list like 20 different jobs that I would love to have where I think like that would be a fun way to use the gifts that I've been given because I make it a routine practice to think about what are other things that are out there? What are my gifts and looking a little bit more big picture and not necessarily obsessing over staying in my lane, which I think is also a little bit of a preventative practice because TV can be notoriously unpredictable. So at some day they're going to say, Hey, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> like it's time for you to move on. And then I will be, you know, emotionally prepared. <laughs> That's, that's really Once again, another long answer to a very delightfully pointed question. I thought like we would just bookend it with that. No, there's just, there's so many good, so many good things though. And I mean, oh my gosh, every listener could pluck like several things out of, of what you just said. Uh, one of them being me. So thank you. <laughs> I love we it. We are, um, could, as Julie said, we could just go on and on. So we just are going to make a point, Elizabeth, to have you back yeah. to talk yeah. more or, or grab wine or both story. all the above. Right. Yes. So I was thinking for the listeners, we'll have you back. And then for us <laughs> right. in front of that bar that we're looking at that's sitting behind you, I mean, you guys can see me on zoom and you can see I, I'm sitting in front of my coffee bar slash uh, wine bar, which is funny because during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of TV from my house and my head would strategically cover up the tequila. <laughs> so delivering a story on the news and I would like just move my head to show the team. There's where the Casamigos lives. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. We have so many great highlights that we can share from um, the information that you've and the perspective and insights that I know will be really helpful to our listeners. I appreciate your candor okay. and your realness in telling your story. And um, I hope you have a great rest of the fall I and will. I guess we'll see you on TV. Thank you. You guys, this has really been a joy. I really appreciate it. And I think, um, you know, I certainly, I hope that it comes across that this is like a real work in progress and that, that every day is just kind of trying to figure out. There was a point when I went back to work after having my third baby that I was like, I can't even think about handling an hour at a time. I have to look one half hour at a time is the only amount of time. And I think, you know, allowing yourself to just look at really realistically at what can I do in this moment is that's enough. And, um, and if you can say one thing to yourself today, it is, I am enough. I am enough just in who I am. I say that to myself over and over again. Sometimes I cry when I'm saying it, um, over and over again. I think that can be a, a real mantra that all of us as women who are constantly receiving messages that we should be more, we should be this, we should be better. We should be less all of that. We're you know, what you are in this moment is enough. And um, if all of us repeat that to ourselves every day, I think we can just be a force. Oh, I, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, you are Elizabeth just so much. Yes, we are grateful to have had you today. We're grateful for the for just all your good energy that you put out into the Twin Cities community and into the world. And we're all we're all better because of you. So thank you. 
Thanks, Thank friend. you so much. Bye. Great to talk, talk to, to you. you. Happy fall. Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.